don't know about any of the rest of you, but I am excited to be worshiping in the first Sunday of 2021. I have a lot of optimism about this year for us as a society, for us as a congregation, for us as families, as individuals. I believe that this is going to be a year where we are going to see a re-emergence from the difficulties and many of the struggles of 2020. I think that it's going to be messy at times. I think it's not always going to be easy, but I think that there is a, a, a real sense of optimism that we should have as we look at the weeks and months and the year to come. I don't know anybody who's going, you know what, I just wish 2020 had dragged on a little more. I just wish we had had a little bit more of that. And so it is with hopeful expectation that we peer into this new year and what lies ahead for us and what lies ahead for you. And so today, as we wrap up our Journey Through the Dark series, I want us to take a few minutes to do the unique things that in our society we often do as a new year begins. And that is to reflect on the year behind us and to allow that reflection to then help us to think about the year to come. We live in a culture that moves so quickly most of the time. Reflection is not something we do very naturally and even value in the ways that we should. So when we say, let's stop for a minute, let's look back and reflect, let's look forward and, uh, and prayerfully consider what the coming year might have, I think that's a good thing. And today what I want us to do as we wrap this up is to kind of think about this, this reflection and this planning and thinking in kind of a theological, biblical way. I want us to set a framework for us to engage what it is God's done and what it is God's going to do in our lives this new year so that we can not just make our own plans, but that we can join God in what God's up to. The scripture passage that's going to guide us today is from Matthew chapter 2, verses 13 to 15, and I invite you to listen now to God's word to us this day. Now, after they had left, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream and said, get up, take the child and his mother and flee to Egypt and remain there until I tell you, for Herod is about to search for the child to destroy him. Then Joseph got up, took the child and his mother by night and went to Egypt and remained there until the death of Herod. This was to fulfill what had been spoken by the Lord through the prophet out of Egypt, I have called my son. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. I invite you to pray with me. Lord, we ask this morning as we begin this new year that you would meet us where we are. Teach us, remind us of the work that you've been doing in our lives. And may we seek to join you in what you have in store in the days to come. Help us to see with your eyes, your vision and call upon our lives. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen. Now, friends, when it comes to the birth story of Jesus, we're really familiar with the events that lead up to that story and even the, the birth narrative itself. We know about the angel that comes and visits Joseph. We know about the angel that comes and visits Mary and how these uh, heavenly messages redirect the course of their lives and their call and indeed the entire world. 
We know about the journey that they have to take from Nazareth to Bethlehem. We know about how there's no room in the inn and they have to go through the birth process of Jesus in a, in a stable surrounded by animals and a manger. We know about angels showing up afterwards and singing to the shepherds and the shepherds show up singing and there's lowing cattle somewhere in there. And we kind of are familiar with all of that language. But what we're not as familiar with is what happens in the birth narrative after Christmas Day. Usually we just kind of move on with our lives and move on with what's taking place in our world. But this year we're spending a couple of weeks looking at what takes place right after Christmas Day. John preached last week on the coming of the Magi, the three wise men, and what that has to say to us in our world today. And this morning, the passage we've read from comes and really concludes the birth narrative. And it brings this unexpected call that Herod, the king of the region at the time, threatened by the birth of a new king. This won't be the last time that Jesus' presence will threaten those in authority. And Herod seeks to have him killed. And so the angel shows up to Joseph in a, in a dream. And I got to hand it to Joseph here. Because after the last visit from the angel, I might have insomnia. I mean, I might not want to go to sleep again. And when I did, and the angel shows up saying, hey, I've got another message for you, there was a chance that Joseph could have been like, stop, go away, I don't want to hear it, find somebody else, redirect the course of someone else's life now, I feel like I've done my part. Because angels don't just show up in your dreams and speak to you to tell you like you're doing a great job, don't change anything. But Joseph has maybe more spiritual maturity than I would in that situation and listens. And once again, God is protecting and watching over them. God is leading them in a new direction, saying that there's this threat. And so what you need to do is flee. You need to flee to a foreign land. You need to flee as refugees seeking relief from persecution. You need to flee to this foreign land and not do what you thought, which is to go backwards. I feel quite certain that Mary and Joseph had in their mind that after the trip to Bethlehem and then after the birth, their assumption would have been that they would then take the 90 plus mile journey back to Nazareth and Joseph would keep being a carpenter and they would move on with their life in this new chapter as a family. But what the angel's saying is, no, 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 something new is emerging. Something new needs to happen. It's not about now going back to the way things were. It's not about going back to Nazareth. You have to move forward now into God making all things new. And I wonder if that is a message that you and I need to hear today. I wonder as we begin this new year, as we reflect on what's come in the past and as we think about what is to come in the days ahead, if we need to hear that there's no going back to Nazareth. That in the disruption of 2020, God's been at work, bubbling things, new things up in the midst of the struggles of this year. And as a people, as a society, as families, as individuals, there's no such thing as doing what so many of us want, which is, so when can we go back to things like normal? I don't believe that we're going to look back on 2020 and the years to come and go, well, that was just an aberration of the year. And in industries, in businesses, in our own life, in our own spirituality, in our own relationships, things have changed in this year. God's been at work redeeming, restoring, transforming. 
And so part of what we need to do as we reflect is to say, what was God doing in 2020? As we look back, what was God doing in our society? What was God doing in our lives? What was God doing in our relationships? And how is 2021 in the future not a going back, but it's a moving forward? Even if in the moving forward, we can have some old things that we valued that come back. To illustrate this, I want to use this church as an example. I want to use Covenant Presbyterian Church, uh, not as the point, but as an illustration so that you can think about this in your own life of how we look back at what was God doing and how do we then look forward with a sense of how do we join God. And the way I want to specifically talk about this at Covenant is the use of technology at our church, specifically technology in worship and technology in discipleship. Now, one year ago, at the beginning of 2020, we had technology as a part of who we were. Uh, we, we had a website, for example. We had social media accounts. We had podcasts of sermons. But we have had to vault forward very quickly in unexpected ways of how we use technology in terms of growing disciples in our Bible studies and our small group format. We've had to vault forward and, and move very quickly um, in a way that institutions normally don't do, at how we had to use technology in worship. And as we look ahead to the future, we have to realize some things have changed. One of the things that changed is that without any planning and not out of a sense of ambition or not out of a sense of, uh, of anything negative, our footprint has expanded over the last year. Take worship, for example. We were a church that just naturally thought of ourselves as outreach in Austin, maybe even most of our people coming from Northwest Austin. All of a sudden with technology, I've made a list of the areas outside of this city where I know for a fact people are regularly worshiping and growing as disciples with us as part of the covenant community. It's a list on your screen. Some of the places that I'm aware of are the state of Texas, but that's outside of just Austin. Louisiana, Arkansas, Georgia, South Carolina, North Carolina, Massachusetts, Idaho, Montana, California, and Great Britain. And these are not people who tuned in once because their nephew was reading a scripture passage in a service and they wanted to watch it. These are people who see themselves as regularly part now of the experience of what God's doing at Covenant Presbyterian Church. And I can assure you at the beginning of this year, there was nobody who was sitting there going, how do we break into the Idaho market? I, that's like our big you know, growth plan for going forward. It's incredibly different, but it's incredibly exciting that God has done something in the middle of the disruption of this year. And I'm not certain that the answer is that we just go back to Nazareth. I think that we have to consider the fact that we need to move forward, that if you are worshiping in one of these places that I just mentioned or somewhere else outside of Austin, we are grateful today that we're connected with you in worship and we are grateful that you are connected with us and we are thinking about you and we are praying about you as we look forward to how does this church move ahead? Like we had thought that in our plan, there was this sense that, that there was a, a kind of a, a U-shaped curve that we would go on, that we started with on-campus worship. And then the pandemic hit. And I remember Michael and I had to, uh, in early March, film one service with just the two of us in case we needed it. We filmed that on a Thursday. By the Sunday, everything was shut down. And since then, what we said is that our reemergence would be a hybrid of on-campus and online, which we're still 
discerning when the virus and when science and when the vaccination schedule will best allow that to happen. That, that, that hybrid would be a recording of what takes place here in the sanctuary, not just built for an online audience, but then there'd be a movement back to on-campus only. I think with what we're learning, what we're going to see is that this hybrid might be what we land on for the long term. And this hybrid will be different than what we're doing now because this sanctuary will be full and people will be uh, participating and, and worshiping with us remotely based on what's taking place here live rather than producing something for an online audience only. But it will be something that allows folks, no matter where they are, around this state, around this country, even around the world, to be a part of the worshiping life that's taking place here at Covenant. What's the answer for what all that looks like as we go into the future? I don't quite know. But I know that God's done something. And I want to join him in that. We want to join him in that. And to learn and to see. It's just one example. But I invite you, rather than just going, oh, thank goodness 2020 is over. Let's just, we survived it and let's just get back to normal. The more theologically astute way, the more biblically astute way, is to say God's always making things new. God wasn't absent from 2020. So how do I pay attention to what God was doing in that as God continues to do the work that God does, which is to make all things new? In our Journey Through the Dark devotion, we have two questions in the pages after Christmas Day that can help lead you in that. The first one we're going to bring up on the screen now, and I invite this to be a way you think about this and talk about this in your own life that you reflect and think about moving forward. The first is this. Is there something fragile or new, a new desire or sense of call that is stirred in your soul this past year? Pay attention to what God has done inside of you. Pay attention to what you see taking place in the world around us and how it's affected us. Maybe this is some new kind of call for your life. Maybe this is some kind of new call to be a part of what's happening in society. Maybe it's a call to, to, to cultivate community more intentionally. Maybe it's a call for relationships. It could be huge. It could be small. But in all of us, I believe that God, if we really look, has been stirring new things within us. And how do we pay attention to what those are? How do we put words to those? so that we can explore. And then the second question you see before you, how can you nourish this new thing as well as protect it? This is what Mary and Joseph have to do with Jesus. They, they go into this new era in Egypt to both have him flourish, to, to nourish him so that he can grow as an infant into a toddler, but it's also to protect him. What steps do you need to consider taking to both nourish and to protect this new thing? We're going to be asking those questions here as a community. We need to be asking those questions in our society. And I invite you to ask those questions with each other as families and small groups and friendships to join God in what God is doing. And I want you to know that no matter who you are and no matter where you are, we look forward to taking that journey with you. Amen. Amen.